Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about time about. for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. We got our, our intro bumper is wrong yet again. This is not Dan yeah. and Jason. Today, it's Jason and Mike Points. We were just talking about that before the show. We need to get several of them cut. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Or you want to spearhead that project? Yeah. All right, you're in. <laughs> That's how course. life Here works. Who yeah. talks done. first loses. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. yeah. I can say whatever you want. In fact, we could say it right now, and then you can just record that and use it, right? That's right. Just say Mike Points, Glad Jason Grody. Yep. April, all of April, Mike Points and Jason Grody. Wow. Well, I think this is Dan's third week off in a row. Should be mentioned. I don't think he wanted to take this weekend off, but he had to. Unfortunately, Dan's going back to be with his family for a funeral. Yeah. So um, he will be missed, and he will not be back next weekend because... Oh, Next weekend we're doing a rerun. Everyone, Did you know that? But mark your calendars. <laughs> thanks everyone. for thanks for cluing me in here. Yeah. Wait, yeah. you're you're gonna be here though, don't you want to do it, Mike? Moy especial weekend for Mr. Jason Grody. <laughs> Moy. Moy. Moy especial. He will be turning. I'm taking the day off because I'm turning forty on Saturday. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Half life. Happy happy birthday. Come on. Yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Sorry. Happy birthday. Yeah, it's Cinco de Mayo too, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? I think it is, May 5th. Jay's yeah. birthday's on yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Yep. Actually wow. a pretty great day to have a birthday yeah. in California because everyone's out like having a birthday with you. <laughs> it's a good and, day to have a birthday. Yeah. Hey, Which is, a shot of tequila together. If you ask the Mexican people, it's like, hmm, uh, you know, our actually Independence Day is in September. I know. So it's a drinking yeah, day. Yeah, but we still like to party. <laughs> so there you go. I just need an excuse. Yeah. I lived in Sacramento for five years. Yeah. That's where I got my undergrad degree and uh, lived right downtown, midtown. And they did it right for Cinco de Mayo. Mm -hmm. They did it right. There was quite a few restaurants that had a blast. Here in beautiful San Luis Obispo County, I feel like St. Patrick's Day is, is the holiday that they kick off downtown with ever so much joy. I've heard that, I've heard that <laughs> McCarthy's is the number one selling is, sells the most Jameson in all of California. I've just I heard this. I don't know why this do. is relevant to the show, but I thought, you know, with sales tax, we talk about property tax, mm -hmm. and I think that alcohol fits mm -hmm. right in there because McCarthy's charges quite a bit for these shots of Jameson. They sell the most in California. Wow. I heard that too. Well, this is a college town, and it's, you know. I heard um, that this according to the, the Jameson rep, that does overseas distribution our region yeah which as great as that fact is and i'm not convinced it's something to be proud of but hey <laughs> well they're in the business know, of selling alcohol sure feather in the cap for you 
Yeah. Mm. If you for for years, if you went to Google um and you uh did dive bar in Wikipedia, yeah, the Merrymaker in Los Osos would be the one that showed up with the photo. Mm -hmm. Oh no kidding. You know that? From anywhere in the nation. Wasn't that just spotlighted, I think, in the Tribune or something like that? I, I think know. so. Yeah. I don't know. Like from dive bar to like up you know, really good bar. I used uh, to even, I used to, uh, Dan got the uh, Tribune. He may still, yeah, you know, the newspaper. Certainly gets a Tribune. He still brings I, in uh, the clippings. I, I don't. And, I still get and it. And now I, I can't even really use the Tribune site because of all the pop-ups and all the thing anymore. Yeah, so. I hate that. I feel out of the loop on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the, um, the funny thing about the Tribune, though, is, um, they do a pretty good job online if you get past the pop-ups about, you know, you can you can tailor right what you want to read just like in a paper. Mm -hmm. You can go right to the sources of what you'd like to read. Um, I was just reading, maybe it was three weeks ago. Gosh, maybe it was a month ago now. Uh, right before I did my HR um, spotlight speaking for the county or the Central Coast HR Committee, more and more businesses here in San Luis Obispo proper and the county are losing employees because of the housing market and they're even trying to do their best to, to raise to raise income but they can't keep up and that story is one I've been following for now three or four weeks it's coming out more and more more people are saying yeah we're losing a couple more employees that we thought we could keep for a long time just because of the housing market well I don't think that's anything new I mean, this was the case back when, you know, before the last recession. And it doesn't surprise me that it's the case again today um, for a few reasons. Number one is the real estate values around here are crazy, right? Right. It gets crazier when you compare it to the, the average income or the amount of like available um Big jobs. Well, that's the real discussion. I mean, that's why I'm bringing this up is income's the real discussion. Yeah. You, I mean, rates uh, are historically low still. They're going up. They still they are. are. And then the other thing too that's fascinating to me is if you go poke around, like I, I do, I believe San Luis Obispo is expensive. Um, and we talk about how expensive it is so much that we've all kind of accepted, like, man, this place is expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you go to another area, like I know that you have roots in the Bay Area, but uh, I have roots down in Southern California. You go into some of those places and see, I'll see a house for sale in a neighborhood, whatever. Look at that place. Oh, go look at that. 700 grand? And you're like, whoa, that's... That's every bit as much as it would be in slow, if not more. Mm -hmm. And then you like look around and you're like, and I was in bumper to bumper traffic on every surface street and freeway I was on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. Well, you, yeah, but go on. Point is, I think that everything is very expensive in the whole state. Um, and, and really in the country, we know that things are hitting their, their all time highs again in terms of property value. Mm-hmm. And it's expensive. Income opportunities in metropolitan areas seem to be in abundance. You know, like you get fired today or you don't like your job on Friday, 
Monday you're sitting down with, let's say, SurveyMonkey.com, and they're hiring you for probably the same salary. Well, there's Here, it does. It seems like there's just due to the density, there's just more opportunities, right? You just got to believe in your mind. But there's also a lot more competition, isn't there? True, true. I think there's, you know, I think the money is endless in the Bay Area. I guess at some point I start to believe that it's that the grass is always greener. Um, Now, remember, I I moved here in 1998, uh, went to Cal Poly, like many people, uh, just desperate to stay, Mm -hmm. and then committed myself to doing what it took to stay. Is there limited opportunities? Yeah, there's less, but they're out there, you know? So I feel like it, it's one of those things where people are like, well, I'll just, I'm going to pack up and move to Ohio. Well, guess what? Milk costs the same in Ohio. Proportionally. Proportionally. Your house is going to cost less. But your job's going to pay less. But you don't have the same state income tax. But your property taxes are more. And when you line the whole <laughs> thing out, it's like, yeah, well, you you rounded or, you know, uh, like you reduced your fraction, buddy. <laughs> you just slashed a zero off the back of everything. And everything, you know, sure. you're still on the same hamster wheel. You still have to make the most out of your surroundings. I think the argument is that maybe maybe they're not. though. Like, I'll shoot 18 holes with a guy and we'll talk about, man, look how great it is where we live. And then the 19th hole will come up and... Right after we get our cocktail, he'll say, I think I'm moving to Wyoming. And I'm like, what? What do you, why? And he'll say, well, I mean, I can make X and the house is only cost Y. And, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a cheaper way of life. And I, I guess people are getting a little bit frustrated with California on why it's so expensive. One of the things we'll talk about today is, you know, housing, housing costs and new housing starts and where those housing prices are going to be. We're going to have a great guest on the show today, Steve Del Martini from um, San Luis Obispo Realty, one of the brokers and co-owners of San Luis Obispo Realty. Um, he's He's been a preferred real estate agent for some of these housing tracks in the past and, and does interview for them now. So he's going to have some good insight on, you know, how these builders can stay in a competitive price point and how they can't, you know, because of all the materials that cost money. Right. All the regulations. It'll be a good conversation. I was having, I was having a conversation last week with a client. Um, (laughs) Probably going to end up at least touching on this story again with Steve. It sounds like with today's topic, but these folks, let's just say that they have been in a position where they could buy a home for the, for the last five years but they were freaked out about number one, number one, they, they had a comfort payment in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we want to live in Aurora Grande, but we don't want to pay more than, I forget what they said, 2,600 bucks a month or 2,500 bucks a month. So I said, well, back then, back then five years ago that you, you could buy a lot more house with that. And we also have went through a period where interest rates were a lot lower. Mm-hmm. And upon a little bit of discussion, one of the things I figure out, okay, well, they've been saving money, right? They're saving money because they really dislike the idea of having mortgage insurance. So, okay. But then, you know, the more we started talking about it, I, I just couldn't help but think uh, it is expensive 
you could do like lender paid mortgage insurance where it just gets rolled into the interest rate, right? Maybe interest rate that's a three eighths or half a point more than than a borrower paid mortgage insurance interest rate. So had you done this, and so here's my point, had you jumped on this when interest rates were three and a quarter, you would have a three and maybe a three and three quarters then, right? Which is like, oh, why'd you get that junk higher rate? Well, as it includes the mortgage insurance. And then today, when you look up and interest rates are four and three quarters and you have a three and three quarters that includes mortgage insurance, it's like winner, winner. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, right? They didn't buy. They just just chugged along. Well, now today they're afraid of inventory, right? They're believing they're afraid of the inventory and the price. They still don't like the comfort payment is less than what it really costs. Uh, And then they're afraid that there's a bubble. And, um, you know, we have all these, all these things we always talk about, whether or not there's a bubble. I saw that article that you posted this week about the sticks and stones basically to build a house mm-hmm. and that, that cost of that is a major factor in why housing is unaffordable. How could it not be? Right. Well, and meaning, mean, I'm just saying like it's in. We know we're behind 1.2 million houses in California. How are you not going to charge more for that stuff? Right. Well, and we've done a really good job at it. At the, charging more or being behind or all of it. <laughs> well, Yay. like think about this going through the planning process, you know, permits, plans, design, environmental review, architectural review, historical committee, you know, paint shade problems. There's just like the the whole thing, it's in in California and I think specifically in Slow County, there are some cities that are worse than others. This makes it that part of the job is so expensive, right? Then, let alone, once we have all that all nailed down, we have to have some land right? Which is pretty scarce anymore. Not exactly, we're not, the, this whole area is not exactly eager to let you just snap off a good piece of open space and go dump 500 homes on it. So it's difficult to find no some land no that's already zoned for and part of the plan to have that kind of housing. Then you got to get around all the infrastructure. What are you going to do for circulation? What are you going to do for fire, police, we need this for the water, all this, right? There's so much of that. And then we got California's Title 22 stuff is um, really going a long way to protect the environment at a pretty substantial cost, by the way, um, to the end user of the home. And then, uh, you know, what else? Oh, yeah, labor is nearing all-time highs. Mm-hmm. Um, also, those skilled laborers, like the guys that know how to do the finished carpentry and electrical. and That was grandpa. I um, mean, those are so scarce now. Those guys are in heavy demand, so they're getting paid what they're worth. But there aren't enough of them. Right, which is why they're getting paid <laughs> what they're worth. Um, sure. So point being, though, we're going to do all of this, right? We're going to go through that whole thing, and then... What somebody, this is private enterprise. So the guys, guy, guys, group, whoever it is that puts this thing together, 
needs to make a little scratch for enduring all of that and taking a significant risk. Mm -hmm. So what do they get? 10%? Anyhow, see the point. It's super expensive, right? And then when you get down right to the end of it, people say, we want more affordable housing. Yeah. Okay, which part of that one, what part of that whole setup is going to give? Yeah, I mean, it, you set the table quite nicely. Some of the things that, that, you know, you didn't touch on that I think are just also on other people's mind, listeners' minds, my mind is, you know, it's a community problem, you know? It's a community problem. Uh, a lot of times I think it becomes... You know, well, if you want to build the houses, you got to make them affordable. It's a community problem. You know, the goes back to the beginning of this conversation. The employers, for their own reasons, right, wrong, or indifferent, aren't paying enough. Maybe they're protecting themselves from what they think is coming. Um, maybe they just don't have the ability to pay enough because of profitability. But those incomes funnel into our community, and if there aren't enough income... If there is not enough income, as you know, Jay, we can only pre-approve borrowers for so much. Yep. And then obviously if there's not enough income, borrowers have a duty, a financial or fiduciary responsibility to make a budget. And I just think it's not, it's not one party's responsibility to make these houses affordable. I think it's everyone's responsibility. And, um, you know, the city's in charge of figuring that out right now. I still think it's funny though. You think it's funny that houses are just well, affordable or not affordable? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think but, it's funny that you can but here's deem the deal, something though. affordable. Here's the deal. Right? I mean, that's a relative term, too. Right. Because I, I deal with people every day. Like, I have a client right now over in the Fresno area that's like condo shopping. Her max affordability is like an $80,000 condo. Mm -hmm. So there's no amount of discussion about what's affordable over here that would make her... There's no way. That's a crazy prospect. Um, no, I. It's super expensive. Um, and the part I think is funny is so you, we have to do something probably at the at the fees or government level, which limits your cost or fast tracks you as a developer, somehow it incents you, gives you a better deal mm -hmm. such that you can sell at a discount. Because when you get down to the end of the project, if not, if you had to pay full fare and go the whole way, and you're now being asked for, we'll make it affordable when you go to sell it, well, these are based on comps. We're going to look at what, how much should it cost? What's price per square foot? What does a four bedroom in that neighborhood sell for? Mm-hmm. That's the price. That's the market. So you're telling me at that point you expect the builder, developer, and investors to look and say, yeah, we could get 700 for it, but let's be affordable and do it for 660 So they're not going to do that. That's not where it's going to happen. So what I'm saying is if there was some program, though, further upstream, instead of having the $100,000 in planning, permits, sewer hookup, all these different things – if you agree to be affordable housing or some kind of way, then you would get less on that. You know, obviously you'd have to figure out all these dollars are so desperately needed everywhere they go. You'd That's have to right. figure out what that component is. But I think until we start doing things like that, that the affordable housing, like you say, we all have to do it. Okay. It's a community problem. But 
who is we all? Because at the end of the day, there's only so many people that are that are actually, you know, if you're not doing some kind of fundraiser where we just buy tokens to build cheap houses that people can buy for less than they're worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that solution. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got some input for that. Um, we've got a caller from Morro Bay. Tom, good morning. Thanks for calling into Mortgage Matters. How you doing? Uh, good morning. Um, uh, we've been in the county now since the sixties and, uh, um, We've seen a lot of change, and and you've talked this morning about education, and you have a responsibility, and um, so on and so forth. Um, the the problem that I see is um, it was expensive when we were going to college back then, and it's continued. And with the education that you have available to you today, that the housing. Your house and your automobiles are probably two of the biggest expenses you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And when people don't even know how to how to change a light bulb, or repair a sink, or a toilet, mm-hmm. and they have to call a plumber or an electrician for a minor job, you have Quest to College that has a has a, uh, a construction technology program. Great resource there and you can sign up for a plumbing class an electrical class just general maintenance and you could you know uh, get the information that you need to maintain that so you can you have the ability to cut down the expenses of home ownership mm-hmm. just like you're you're saying well the borrow has a uh, responsibility to get knowledge mm-hmm. And you're and you're providing that knowledge, but the thing is, they with with uh, like I said, Questa here. There's so many resources, uh, 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 YouTube. There, there's so much information out there. Uh, uh, even the people down at Home Depot will help. Will talk you through a lot of the minor things that people just aren't uh, willing to pick up. And around the county, there are places that you can uh, purchase that are not going to be great. They're fixer-uppers, and you, that's what a first home is. And we started that, you know, in, in, uh, when we were young, working on fixer-uppers, and we continued that through our uh, life, and we're in our 60s, 70s now. And it was just recently where... We were going through a repairing, gutting, and and we continued to trade up. We'd work on one, and we'd move to the next or as soon as we, we got enough equity in it. And people aren't doing that anymore. They want everything handed to them. Well, Tom, I think that's a really good input. Um, I appreciate you calling into the show today. Um, I think what, what Tom's trying to say yeah, what Tom's trying to say is that the way that we live has changed a little bit too, right? I mean, of course. Yeah, I um, yeah. I feel like well, you you sold me out. I'm about to turn forty, but I grew up my my dad's a contractor. Forty is the new twenty nine. My right? dad's a contractor, and um, 
man, he knows how to about do anything that yep. you would do with your hands or with tools or wrenches or whatever. He's not going to do an, an algebra problem for you to save his life. <laughs> um, but you know, understands how to troubleshoot a furnace or, you know, replace a, whatever, a turbo on a car. We did stuff like that. So I, yeah, I do have, um, I'm just kind of born in that idea that we could do anything, like you can do anything. You can fix your car, you can network your office, you can repair, replace a dishwasher. There, I've never been afraid to tackle any of those things. And my kids, consequently, they're the same way. We're hands-on, we build stuff, we fix things. And um, so I kind of see what Tom's saying. Uh, that there's, because I'm always a little bit fascinated when I run into people out of my peer group that are so clueless that, you know, that, that wasn't a part of their upbringing was like fixing things, doing things, or, what you, you know, you would be over at a buddy's house and say, Hey man, you got, let's, let's get your wrenches. And then you look and you're like, that's your wrenches. <laughs> that's your, are you even, I think I got another, are you even embarrassed? The one of the screwy one, the one you, you spin with your thumb. I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the screwy one, That's the crescent wrench. Yeah, yeah. I know what it's called. I know. You know what? We should take a quick break for our sponsor. But I want to say, though, Before but I want to say, though. I want to say, um, I hear what you're saying, Tom, but part of it sounds like, uh, it, a little bit sounds like that, just that age old thing of this generation just doesn't want to work and doesn't want to do their thing, doesn't want to put in their time. Um, and, I, I still, even though I'm 40, I'm not part of the millennial group down there, um, but but I meet a lot of them that are. They do. They're, I feel like there's a resurgence of the trades. Yeah. There's a resurgence of people willing to take on their own project thanks to like YouTube and the way now that 100%. you don't need a mason to teach you how to lay out a retaining wall because you can watch YouTube um, you, there, there's so much you can learn. So I feel like today there's a resurgence of people willing to dig in, in the yard and work in their hands and fix things on their own. Um, yeah, I know I, how to light my own pilot on my water heater. Good Mike. Um, so anyhow, point well made Tom, except a little bit of counterpoint for me is that there, the pendulum swings, perhaps it swung too far. America got away from um, manufacturing and all those kind of things and that blue collar life. And I think when I was a kid, I would, when I was a kid, it was like, where are you going to college? Yeah. What are you going to do at college? A smart guy. You should go to college. Um, they bragged at my graduation that like 94% of the graduating class had college intentions. So I just like everybody else, I think I just got in that, that flowing river. Yep. And just kept moving downstream. So I went to college, whatever. Um, but I look around today and I'm like, man, there's a whole lot of people are seeing the significance going into the trades. Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking mm -hmm. yesterday, I got my buddy that's an electrician. Electricians make hundred bucks an hour yep. or more. Um, sweet, dude. Yeah. That's good. Obviously, you don't want to get electrocuted and die. But um, point is, it's just good that. People are learning a trade. We're seeing those shortages. We're understanding the significance of that. Um, so I'm excited maybe that the pendulum is just is coming back again and that manufacturing, that there's no shame in being blue-collar. In fact, some of the most successful people that I know around town are the blue-collar ones that have built amazing businesses. Um, 
So anyhow. When we stick, well, please stick around. When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more about affordable housing. I've got some actual guidelines. Like, for I like how you say housing. Port- affordable housing. You call it like housing. Housing. And, um, and then also we'll, we'll sprinkle in our, our market news for what happened this last week. So stick around for more Mortgage Matters. We'll be right back. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage expert. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. For anybody in the audience who's got a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Mortgage heads. Mortgage heads. <laughs> That's what we decided on, mortgage heads? Well, Why not? We looked at yes. minions, and then you looked at the definition. That's not nice. <laughs> no. Because it has a nice ring to it, right? Two yeah. M's and mortgage heads. Mortgage heads. Disciples doesn't work either, because then you get into religion. That's not what we're talking about. Well, I think it's like, because uh, the show's not just about mortgage. I mean, I know it's called Mortgage Matters, and we're mortgage guys, but it's like a... 
It's about owning real estate and all that comes with it. Yeah, and I think at times too, it's just kind of like a common sense show. Yeah, we're talking taxes. We're talking real estate. We're talking mortgage. We got insurance and estate planners, and yep. I mean, it's just uh, it's all those things. We're talking playoff baseball at times. Yeah, stuff matters. (laughs) That stuff matters. Um. Good times. Before Good the times. break, as we had Tom on the show, we were listening to Tom tell us a little bit about what he thought. I made it a point to grab the affordable housing guidelines. Housing. Make sure I say that one more time. Affordable housing guidelines for the financial and residency um, of San Luis Obispo. And there's a couple key things that allow you to get into affordable housing. Now, one of the things you may not know is that affordable housing usually requires the builder to have a certain price, a max price that they can charge. And then many times, Jay, second me on this, but um, the city themselves will take a silent second position. That's one way to do it. Yeah, there's a couple different ways, but I've I've seen that one popular. That one's going on right now at Rice Ranch in Napomo, California. Um, There's about 10 houses there that have the affordable housing price tag on them. Yeah, so... Caps it at 489 to the buyer. Yeah, and by the way... Let me just say this about that. Um, those programs are frustrating. They're the especially loan programs are just the the whole the whole setup. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I was a city and regional planning major from Cal Poly, so I've been involved in in that world. Um, and now, of course, getting out into the real world side of lending. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and which is a huge part of affordable housing. Absolutely. That point of how you make the financing accessible, especially when you start talking to the folks that are at the lower income side. Right. Anyhow, mm-hmm. here's the problem. Somebody sits down and defines out what's the very low income, low income, moderate income. Right. Every, so, every city. Actuaries. Yes. Yeah, every city in the county's got one. Um, the county's got one, the state's got one, lay all this out, right? And they say, well, if you make below $48,000 a year for a family of two or something, right? Then you're in the very low for San Luis Obispo. So San Luis Obispo, and I just made that number up. I don't know what it really is. You could Google it for me. But then here you go. This house... Right, so they make they make a affordable housing unit, the end unit of the tract. That's usually got like the small backyard or the you know whatever attribute that makes it the ideal one to make the affordable housing unit. Is needs to be offered to somebody in the you know that qualifies for the low income housing. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is that the loan program has these maximum debt to income ratios too. So you have to find somebody that makes low enough income right. to be able to qualify for the city guidelines, right? Right. But then you need to make enough income that you're able to qualify for the loan parameters. Right. That intersection on the matrix is like at this it's like in fairy tale land. Back in my countrywide days, 
Countrywide had a program at the time, it was like the My Community program, where you could do those kind of things, right? Where there was an affordable housing deal. By the way, a lot of loan programs, that stuff doesn't even work on if there's going to be a deed restriction. Like you can't sell the property in the next 10 years for a right. profit or the city has a first right of refusal at X value. Oftentimes, most loan programs are like, nope, because if I make you a loan, I make you this affordable housing loan and I sell it like it's a normal loan and you, you're you getting this house where they're all 400000 in the neighborhood, but you're getting yours for two ten. Because it's the demanded, required, set aside affordable housing unit, you buy it for two ten. So I'm like, great, Mike, put your five percent down, and you're like, cool. Here's my five grand. And boom, you get a house, and then three months later, because you you're on that affordable end of the spectrum, you know, maybe you've got like the night shift of the floor mopper at the supermarket, and you're doing you're doing pretty good, and then they lay you off. Yep. So you go through, well, I can't make my mortgage. Oh, bummer, bummer. Usually that happens within the first two or three years. Yeah, so now we go through foreclosure. And now I'm the bank that bought this. You know, I have the the loan that made you the affordable housing purchase. And what do I do? Well, ordinarily, as as the owner of a loan, I don't want to have any, any, lay any sort of overlay whatsoever on what I can do with this property. I want to sell it right away as quick as possible to the broadest market possible, get the best price possible. And I want out of this deal right away. Cause I'm not a real estate agent. I'm a banker. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it comes out that like, well, Mr. Banker, this is one of the affordable housing units and you can't sell it um, to just anyone. Well, you get, you can sell the city gets the first right of refusal. You can sell it at this price, and if none of these things go down, then you can sell it after 180 days at the different price, something like that. So, anyways, not all the loan programs want to get involved in that. So kind they just of mess. don't touch it, right? They just don't touch it at all. You get into escrow, and then it gets into underwriting, and it's a no. Yeah. So there are special programs that will do it, but then it's so difficult to line up somebody that is under the income requirement. And under the debt to income ratio requirement from the loan program, super frustrating. I have long thought, I wish that, and somebody has to know this, right? So how, how have we not arrived at a place where like California legislators want to call some people that do loans and real estate and housing for a living Mm -hmm. and say, Hey guys, what's the big challenges on the loan side? Oh, well, here's the big challenges. You have this like fairy tale intersection of who, how little income you make and how maximum DTI you are. And it, I joked at Countrywide, right? Because we were the place where you do those. And I joked at Countrywide after denying like the 20th one of these things in a row. Bummer. Um, what this program is looking for is a single parent with five dependents and zero debt. That single mom walked in one day, worked for the county with five dependents. You, the, the income scale slides based on how many dependents you had. So she made enough and had zero debt. Because at some point when you're living at that in that um, low income bracket, those people usually have a car payment. 
So you might be able to line out the house payment and get all that. Like at that price point, that's affordable. Yeah. You would qualify, but now the car. It's yeah. like, well, what you expect me to not have a car? Well, not a financed car. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen my finances? I can't pay cash for cars. Right. And I need a safe car. I have five kids and I'm shuffling. I'm a single mom shuffling five kids all around the city. Right. So you see, it's a, it's like this whole catch 22 where I see people not talking to one another at different parts of the process and that, that logically it just doesn't come together in the end. Well, this goes back to my point, Jason, is that these, these complicated matters exist because it's, it's complicated, you know, and I know that doesn't sound very profound, but it is. I mean, you have to have. In order for a house, everyone needs their own cave, right? Shelter. We're back to one of the top three primal needs. But you got to get all these parties involved. There's no way that it's just going to happen. The market is not going to allow it. The market's off on its own path. Right. Right? We, we, we elect public officials. We hire professionals. We work with people that can help. And then every once in a while, you need a little bit of luck, which is basically what you're saying. Right. So what happened next? with this scenario she was unable well no this this particular loan did work it worked because she was the single income with five dependents yeah what so that scooches you up the income enough and because she worked at the county um she had a good paycheck but i mean you could totally tell from the um when you broke that down and look at the finances it's like for a single income family of six living in San Luis Obispo to be able to buy one of these affordable units was a, a hat trick in and of itself. Yep. Um, yeah, there's all these things you can't do with affordable housing as well. No, and, and you know, for what it's worth too, I, this is why I tried to get, I got involved, not currently on any advisory committees or boards, which I'm shopping for one. If you have any suggestions, I'm open. Um, but I got involved with the affordable housing and the economic development committees for, you know, through the chamber here. Um, and man, we never wanted to have those conversations. I was like, well, I'm a lender with a planning background and we're, uh, let me, I want, I want to be in there talking economic and affordable housing and through most of the thing. I mean, there was a lot of great that was done. I'm not going to badmouth it whatsoever, but I'd see these developers come in and pitching their projects, you know, talk about, oh, this is affordable. And, you know, or if we were doing like a closed door meeting where we were trying to figure out what what are the solutions to make and affect real affordable housing, um, the like the lending side of it. Nobody cares about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. That idea of somehow getting the those city programs and those uh, underwriting guidelines lined up. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which should be easier than ever right now, by the way, because Fannie and Freddie are still under conservatorship. We should have a little bit of pull there. Um, I think there's some, there's some real opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, they argue that the, the, um, home possible and home ready product is the counterpoint to FHA, which is a very good 
first time home buyer product. Because it saves you one and a half percent on actual monthly payment. Well, <laughs> it's just the those programs do save you a little bit in interest to, rate and mortgage insurance and get you into lower down payment, those kind of things. But the debt to income ratio requirements are the same. Sure. There's no exclusions for you based on income bucket that you have to have a car payment or a student loan or a daycare expense or whatever. So there's no, you're not getting thrown a bone in any way other than we give you a little bit lower interest rate and a little bit lower mortgage insurance, you know, and if you fit the whole bill, then you could qualify for the 3% down as opposed to everybody else would have to do five. Those are, yeah, there's some accommodation there. That's not the silver bullet. Is it a 40-year mortgage? Is that what we need to start doing? No, the reason the 40-year mortgage fell to the wayside is that if you look at the actual savings compared to the cost of it, it's basically a fool's loan. Yeah, you pay over $100,000 or 100% more than what you borrowed over the life of the loan. Depends on rates, right? Um, I do think there's some solution to housing in terms of longer loan periods, but the, t the tough thing to work out is that the market, um, I think, will just react to the affordability and you'll find yourself back at square one pretty rapidly, which is the average person struggling to afford the average home in, you know, places like California. Mm -hmm. Right. If we'd say we moved a hundred year amortization periods and your house payment fell to 400 bucks a month or whatever it is. And you'd be like, sweet, I got money for days. <laughs> in 10 years you'd still have to put a certain amount down though well yeah but in 10 years once that's been the new norm for 10 years and the first time home buyers and the move up buyers and everybody's are doing the yeah i've got the lifetime loan because it's only 400 bucks a month <laughs> um guess what it's gonna be the houses cost like six million bucks because now that's three grand a month, and people. Well, I remember when house payments were four grand a month. This is a You'd great deal. Still have a three thousand dollar a month payment because your property tax would be like forty eight grand a year. Whatever. I just so I don't know. I'm not convinced that that's a um, going away anytime soon. I feel like probably the one of the best. And I, I actually brought this up to several of the developers at those affordable um, okay. housing meetings that we did. Um, I think what would be really interesting is to come up with a local real estate investment trust where the members of the trust are people from the community that are um, particularly interested in providing workforce housing. These are not real estate investors okay mm -hmm. I'm not inviting people that just want to make a 15 percent return but rather um mind body amazon sierra vista cal poly i fix it central yeah. coast lending right. i fixed it right these companies that have head of household jobs mm -hmm. and find that recruitment and retention is a challenge because of the cost and availability of workforce housing those companies come together and build along the vein of the East Coast cooperatives, right? I want you to picture like motel style housing where there's a cooperative of, 
um, people. So it's funded and bought out like units, okay? Um, where you'd own a unit on a floor and be a stockholder in a building. And it would be rent controlled from day one because the idea is to create that affordable housing for workforce people. So anybody that worked in those companies, right, that helped seed it would have, they would have first availability to rent to their employees or whatever, right? You could even, after a period of time, you could make it to where they could be sold, like a co-op to where the employees could buy them. But but I'm picturing... But then that releases out to market, though. Then you have pricing. You'd restart. Not, not if it was all, like, deed-restricted, you know, housing-control type of stuff. Sure. Especially if it was rent-controlled and things like that. Um, so, anyways, I think there's some solution there that it's, like, the private... The industries, you know, different companies in the area that need that workforce housing would be incented to be the ones to to take it up and figure out how to make it work for their their and their employees' gain rather than looking to a builder to build for a lower profit or looking for um, the government to step in and subsidize. Like, it's those... It's those things that I'm quick to be like, I, I can't hop in and support that. Um, but what if these guys were able to pool funds together? And I'm sure we could get grants and, and inexpensive loans to be able to be creating this affordable housing. But, you know, and this is the thing. You're referring to like bonds? Well, not only that, but just there's so many grants out there at the the government, state, and federal level for affordable housing, things like that. That's how, like, you know, the city of Slow gets their money to do that silent second program that you're talking about. There's allocations and grants and things like that. There are bonds, too. But, you know, San Luis led the county, led the charge on making it where you couldn't smoke in restaurants and then bars. Um the plastic bag ban, all these things that San Luis has loved to be on the cutting edge of setting national precedent, right? Mm -hmm. So why not? I feel like we have one of the amazing architectural and engineering school right here in town. Yeah. And between like, and I was talking to Lenny Grant about this because, you know, he and I are around each other enough. I'm like, I'm going, here's the idea. And if you could do this, right, throw one of these things out next to the airport, put it together with some money from, um, you know, like I said, go down the, the list of those key employers that are here um, and just figure out the framework in which it can run successfully. And you might just be able to come up with the flagship affordable housing for, you know, what happens in the nation, how you get there. Um, as you leave the housing, who builds housing up to people that are building it for profit and then buyers that are investing in it for profit. Um, those, you know, multifamily house starts were amazing last month, right? Permits and starts for multifamily were through the roof. Home ownership is nearing all time lows right now. Uh, the market is bringing on more and more rental product to try to, throw a little bit of um, water on this fire that is like the housing demand. And, uh, you know, I 
I think it's a no-brainer is to put some time in. We have the pieces here. You know, San Luis ha- loves the think tank idea and has all these people willing to donate their time and want to sit down and figure those things out. And I think with the right people and the right financial backing, we could absolutely figure out a, a real a real and like definitive way of, of fixing at least some of the housing crisis. Uh, Does it sound crazy? It's not crazy. I think it's a good idea. I think it requires, um, you know, revision and I think it requires trial and error. And what it, what it really does is just support my point that it is a community problem. It needs to be solved with the community solution and, you know, not just a one, there's not just one way to slice this pie. And I think you, you do really, you do really have to think if, if I'm in the market and I'm looking to buy this summer, you know, maybe I started affordable housing. And if you're beating your head up against the wall and you're finding that, you know, affordable is just not affordable, there's other ways for us to help you understand, um, to make your mortgage more affordable. There's products out there that allow us in the first two years to reduce your rate to get you in. It's called a, a two one buy down where your rate goes down to two and a half and then it goes to three and a half and then it comes back up to where it should be at four and a half. Which is good if you have reason to believe that you're maybe you're starting out in a career where yeah, you know you're gonna advance. Upward trajectory right? of income. So let's do what we can solve today if you're looking to buy a house this summer and let's talk about those solutions together. Um you know what, when we come back at the top of the hour, we're going to have Steve Del Martin from San Luis Obispo Realty. Martini. On, Martini. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, from San Luis Obispo Realty. So stick around for more Mortgage Matters. It's going to be a great second hour of the show. Woo! We'll be right back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. guys welcome back to mortgage matters i love the van halen we're warmed up now cut off like that but anyway when i was in high school i got introduced (laughs) to van halen and of course this was like in the sammy era and uh i did get to see him with david lee roth eventually but that sammy era because that was i was young and naive and thought that that was just like yeah this band's amazing let's see him live and stuff loved him so much fun I had a girlfriend, we had a dance, and she was on some kind of like nomination for like the court or something, and I had uh, Van Halen tickets for the same night. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so I said, hey, I, I've seen Van- here's the deal. You have this court to win this thing uh-huh. at this dance, and I have these Van Halen tickets. And she said, <laughs> uh, if you go to Van Halen, instead of taking me to this dance, we're done. 
And so you were done. You were done. It <laughs> <laughs> was, like, was the best show ever. <laughs> so oh, when man. did the conversion yeah. to the dead happen? That's all I want to know. Uh, uh, my dad was a big Grateful Dead fan, so I just I grew up listening to. I actually made it some live shows when I was a little kid, and I just love good music, man. You bet. I, so I actually I. had the privilege of seeing Van Halen and Van Hagar. Yeah, which uh, actually well not Van at the Halen's same time, good. right? No, no, no. No, because they'd be singing not, over but... each other. No, I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. Van Hagar. Yeah, yeah. and Van Halen. Yeah, they're, and... they're both great. Yeah, actually, but yeah, well, I yeah. Cru- I crewed the Dead once at the Arlington, so in the seventies. So there you go. Love That's it. Pretty yeah. neat. Love it. That new voice you hear on the radio is uh, Steve Delmore, teeny. There you go. San Luis Obispo Realty. <laughs> um, with the last name like that, you should have gone into bartending, but. Well, it's, it's brought Europe. up frequently. Oh, especially on Friday afternoons. Oh, right. Oh, martini. It's almost that time. Yeah. So I've heard <laughs> that one. You know what I hear endlessly? My last name is Points. Yes, it right? is. Ponce. Ponce. And oh. is the correct pronunciation French Canadian. Yeah, but, I was going to say they go French on you, huh? Yeah. But um, I can't get away from the comment of, like, wait a minute, you're a lender and your last name is Points, and everyone just kind of like laughs and it sounds so knee. natural, right? It's not, it's like really not even funny to me anymore, but I, I feel like I have to laugh, otherwise, I'm just a weird guy staring at them. We have several mics that work for us. I think we're four headed to five. And so, of course, this is Mike Points, P O Y N T Z. And um, people will call that have only ever seen it, and there you could tell they're saying it out loud for the first time. I'm looking for Mike. Which one? Uh, Mike Poys, Pons. Okay, yeah, Mike Points. Hang on. But our other one of the other mics is Mike Bellswally, which yes. is a mouthful. And if you're and reading you read it, it, it's crazy. There's L's and Z's and U's it and O's. Like what happens when you type really fast on the ty- on the keyboard? Yeah. You know? So people, same thing. They'll call. I'm looking for Mike. Which one? Mike Belushi, Mike (laughs) Bush. I love it. He needs to just be Bell or something. They want Ponce. Yeah, well, he tries to be just Mike B. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's fun. Steve Del Martini. Hey, good morning, everybody. This guy guy walks in this morning and uh, is just just right out of the gate just ribbing me. We're not going to do it again. You you got see I stirred I stirred him up. I stirred him up yes, with the with the talk because because Steve's trying to apply the the wish list dream things I'm saying to the real life examples or projects or reasons he knows they won't work. But see so what I'm talking about is some blank slate stuff that's like private and protected from day one with a variety of things that I know don't work in the outside real world and wouldn't have to conform to any of it because it would be so privately funded and not resold that it would simply be, uh, and the only reason I said rent control, because I I know that one was really nails on the chalkboard for you. Um, If multiple businesses bought into it, right? Like, like your company, my company, Amazon, uh, MindBody, Sierra Vista, you got all these companies that are like big employers that care about uh, affordable workforce housing. And we all say, okay, we're all going to pay cash so we don't have this finance. We get whatever grants and free money we can, and then we're going to pay cash for the rest. And you're not going to be able to resell it, and you need to rent it to your employees. But then what if like – what if Amazon has ability to rent out like 15% of the building is what they own. And then they're like, 
but we leave the area. So now we're going to rent for whatever we want to whomever we want. That's the reason I say that that thing I would want to control. No, exactly. if you leave, you don't get to the rent is controlled in that regard or whatever you like a stock cooperative. And I know it's not a great example, but see, we have to make some analogy to things that we can kind of understand. Yeah. But so anyways, I do. I think it would have to be fully formed from the ground up and and those all of those things like that you know the Fannie and Freddie's opposition to deed restrictions the you know all just you you know from every project that's ever tried something like this that it just doesn't work so you'd have to build it from the beginning with those things that you know are the issue and why it can't be resold why it can't be financed and then at its real core, what it's for is just to be housing workforce, not for profit for anyone, unless it means that your employee is making your business, you know, or whatever profit. I See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I do understand that. But um, I had to get my digs in. Uh, I know. I know. I was growing restless on the couch out. In front I, I had to now. grab you as you were running out you the did. door. Yeah. So you're lucky I came back. <laughs> well, and scratch marks on my back. And you always like to give me a tough time. I do. So. Yeah. That's you like so, to give everyone a tough time, Steve. Can, 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 I, uh, can I add the uh, people self-help housing Please. Um, discussion to that? Because I do appreciate exactly what you're saying. I do understand it. And I know the need is tremendous. It's beyond tremendous. Um, and we do have excellent companies here that if you could get them together in a room and decide this and have it happen, uh, you know, that's a feather in everybody's cap for that to happen. But I'll just... I'll let you know that um, people self-help housing um, builds a lot of units. They are much larger than I think a lot of people realize uh, throughout kind of the tri-cities or the tri-counties. And uh, they are right now trying to create on Broad Street just that, an employee-funded condominium development, um, buy-in, renting to – their employees, if that were to be the case, selling to the employees, um, somehow working this out so that there would be an employee-based housing development somewhat to the control of the employer for the future. And it's a, it, it's a tough development and it's a tough thing to try to put together. And there are problems with Fannie and Freddie and all of those things because it is not yeah. just all privately financed in, in the perfect world that I believe that you, you are correctly stating. So. Uh, and and people self help if they could get this put together, uh, John Fowler um, has said you know if this could work, then it might be that prototype that you were talking about that could be offered anywhere to see if anybody else could also utilize it. But part of the problem that we have in in San Luis uh, is kind of two things. One is the lack of land. Right. Um, so and, and that's not a bad thing if you had to start on a smaller scale with some employers for an apartment sort of housing development, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe you only should start with 10 units and see how it works versus mm-hmm. starting with, you know, a hundred. So anyway, th- you know, well, the it's one, out there. The location you're talking about is 40 units, right? The yeah, one it abroad. is on Broad it's, Street. It's like yeah. 36 homes and four work-live houses. Which helps yeah, a little. a little commercial in front because it's a mixed-use zoning. So. Yeah, but they're going to be smaller homes. You know, you know I don't know if it's still there, but like when you're taking Buckley and you pass the slime built that building out there, you guys okay. know what I'm talking about? I'm not. I don't know what the slime building. Oh, I do know what the slime building is. Yeah, yes. the old company. Yeah, okay. Beautiful building, kind of like just popped up in the plains over there. I I just think like if again, if you had the right people together, and 
you know, with people from representing most aspects of that design, real estate, um, you know, I'd only be able to help in as much as I'd um, want to help steer all the reasons why. No, you're not going to be able to resell or lend on that for X, Y, and Z reason, just just to constantly be that voice of reason. Uh, but anyways, get the whole group together, and then maybe a parcel of land gets rezoned or something that's, uh, you know, donated or I don't know. There's got to be some way if if all of the right people were there pushing something that, you know, somehow it would work. And, oh, yeah, yeah the, the problem is, I think, and this is like the one you're talking about on Broad, the big challenge is um, if you need to be able to resell it, like you said, if they want the employees to be able to buy it, that's like strike one, two, and three. Um, I think that somehow or other, and that's why if you built really small but functional, affordable, you know, so you had that price per square feet just really low where companies could say, well, you know what? I can write a check. I can write a check for $400,000 and I will. Um you know, may, and maybe there's some out or something that if in the end it doesn't all work, then it could be sold some other way or some just to kind of protect you. But believe me, there's the plenty of companies around here that want the housing, um, want the for their employees, want the employment base, and have money to scratch a check for. It doesn't have to be financed, but. I don't know. It's a that's one of those things. It just it would take a bunch of workshops and a bunch of you know a long time to get it to shape where people could agree. Well, you know, but and and part of the thing uh, is until somebody starts talking about it and doing that, you know, conversation then will grow and will grow exponentially, and um, a lot of things start with a thought to a discussion, to a meeting, to an organization. You know, and then something right. can happen. None of this is none of this happens overnight. And so, you know, having the discussion, and I know that the discussion is around town with employers and stuff. But it, you know, sometimes it takes somebody to organize it and get everybody yeah. together on that same page. And there's, you know, there's buy-in to be had. But um, anyway, so maybe this is the start of the discussion. It's it's on a it's on a lot of people's desks. Yeah. I think you know. I think obviously, you know, Heidi's thinking about it. Uh, downtown, I think that you've got uh, individuals that would say, "Look, if if I could, individual home buyers said, look, if I could just, you know, get my, I'd buy a house, no problem, if I could just get it below twenty five hundred dollars a month or twenty eight hundred dollars a month here well, in San Luis Obispo." And you have to understand what the, well, <laughs> I would the, too, and I would, and I would, and I would happily. I would happily tip my cap to my employer to making sure that happened. Now, contractually, how do you? you know, keep them as an employee. That's a whole different topic of discussion that I don't know about. But With a shackle on a But chair. what I'm getting at is that I think everyone at the table in the community is saying like, let's figure this out. And it just, I just don't see how it could happen. Yeah. And, well, and some, see, that's the part fairy dust. on that whole topic of affordable housing. That's where I get frustrated. If you miss, if you miss the beginning part of the conversation, Steve, I was saying that, you know, I, I was a planning major at Cal Poly and now I work in the lending side and I've long been so frustrated that the affordable housing stuff, and I'm glad that we're attempting to do something, but the in lieu funds or the like, you know, those grant programs, the silent second programs, those deed restriction things, we always have this issue where the 
we b- income limit bumps in, so you need to make under this cap for the program, but then on the loan side, um, you have to keep your debt-to-income ratio under Y cap, and oftentimes that intersection just doesn't exist. So it's a that's a really tough thing. Um, and then at the end of the day, we would see these, you know, like in my economic development, the affordable housing committees, we'd see these guys come in and say, oh, I don't know, we're going to build this affordable housing. And it's like, I always struggle with that. You're Who's going to develop something for profit and then leave money on the table at the end of the deal of like, well, we made these, we could have sold them for 700 because of the comps, but we like affordable housing. So we're selling for 660. Well, I, I think that the reckoning recognition of that um, is probably taking place in both the Avila Ranch and San Luis Ranch developments, at least. I agree. Um, you know, they're really trying to do that. Um, the problem that you have to a certain degree, you know, they're, they're, if, you've, if you go to the meetings and you follow it, um, the, you know, the, those two developers are talking, I would say average on the low end, maybe 400, 354, and then going up from there in, in prices. Um, so the attempt is there. Um, the restriction of San Luis Obispo employees first in mm-hmm. those type of things it's are kind of groundbreaking. You know, as far as San Luis goes, we, there are so many hurdles in development. Um, when you talk, I think the downside is 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 discussing a price today that's not a product that reaches the market for two years. So mm-hmm, you know, right. and and when the city council planning commission uh, are trying to make decisions. Obviously, they want to know kind of what price range you're, you're talking about. And so the developer has to have some sort of idea, but something can certainly change that that, that causes that unit that was going to be 400 to now be 475, time, expense, whatever it is to come up. Right. Um, so, you know, I think the efforts, are, the recognition for what's needed is out there, and those two developments are certainly trying to help that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really properly introduce you today when you got on the show, Steve. You but go for you, it right now. Let's I'm, see. I'm going to do yeah. that. I mean, you're 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 very in tune with the inventory out there. You're not only do you run the agency at San Francisco Realty, but you're working with a lot of these developers hand in hand. I mean, yes, all the time. Well, and and don't forget, Steve's been a realtor, and what you're parents owned a real estate company right right so you celebrating been, my 40th year in real estate oh you year. wrecked me i was gonna oh. say he's been an acting real estate agent for 67 years personally yep i'm 63 <laughs> the resume is still going though i mean you're at for the slow association realtors you're in i just wanted the, to rib you a little bit buddy you guys should, oh let me start my list we you should know, get I have a, one we should, we should have like a small boxing ring in here don't you think jim so at the break some of these guests can just no but in all seriousness though you've been around san Luis. like you're you're born and raised born here and raised, right second generation and then have been involved in the housing component of this great city long as i can remember yeah yeah so i um, was tickled pink when you accepted to come on the show because i i knew we were going to talk about this stuff and i thought it was just very prudent, appropriate right to have you here. From and the- I could always tell too, one of the things that I appreciate about you, Steve, is that I can tell that these are things that you actually care about. Um, oftentimes I see realtors and don't let me offend you or any other realtor, but I'll see realtors that do things um, because they want the networking opportunity or the business opportunity. They want to be out in the community. Um, and it seems like it's for 
motivation of money or something. Well, there's ROI um, they think of, right? I, I feel like just the amount of things you've done and the time you've done such things and the, the thankless, helpless things that you've done. <laughs> there is no ROI. There's, no, there's zero. I've watched it's you do number. things for my whole career now where I'm like, man, this guy honestly just does have a, a love for the city and for being up to date on these things and helping where you can. I think there at some point when we win and we get some affordable housing, like when we figure it out, it nationally hits everywhere. We're going to have um, like a casting of you in front of it. Easy now. Well, you'll yeah, be you know, you'll be you'll be in the picture where to the at least scare the birds away. It's, I'm not <laughs> saying it's going to be big or grand. Yeah. I'm usually in the front row because I'm in the five nine and under club. So if the <laughs> pictures out there. Um, you know, I appreciate that and thank you because I I do often tell people that uh, housing is my passion, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, there there is a lot of time and investment. Uh, I enjoy the knowledge. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being able to talk to people realistically about what's going on, and kind of one of the things that probably bothers me the most right now is this uh, workforce housing. We've got to build workforce housing. Um, mm-hmm. The city of San Luis Obispo doesn't even have a workforce housing policy. Okay, mm-hmm. so, and they're working on one now, okay, which is a good thing. Um, you know, and, and I do agree, that's really, that's, you know, they, they talk about the missing middle, that's, that is a new, that's a term out there. Um, and the missing middle, I think, is workforce housing, mm-hmm. product, um, that 120 to 160% of, of, of median income, um, and, and it'll come around. But mm-hmm. uh, because we've been so focused on affordable, the you know the moderate, low, and extra low housing uh, and, for sale or for rent. So, And let me ask you this. Um, not that you can only serve one population or the other, but have we done an adequate job at the affordable housing for the very low and low income folks? I think we've done a decent job. Adequate is moving the needle, right? Yeah, we have moved the needle because in, it's, it's those are those are programs and policies in place to follow mm-hmm. that that have to be followed almost by. But uh, when you look at the workforce housing, like the needle. Is, hasn't moved, nor have there been much attempts to move it. This is the current conversation of, you know, how do we get some attention and, you know, get this thing working in here. I think, uh, um, obviously, we need that workforce housing. Um, we were talking earlier in the show. We had the call in from Morro Bay. Was it Tom? Tom. Tom. Um, you can learn how to do all the jobs and do all of the things, uh, be a real diverse people. Um, we need more of the the middle class. We can't all be the doctors and lawyers. Uh, we know this from every, even the most expensive, crazy places in the nation. You still need people that are at the, that workforce part of the spectrum that are... Um, very much the heartbeat of whatever city and industry, wherever you are, that we always need that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably one of the ways, and that's probably like in that vision I'm telling you about my weird utopia that I think of in my mind. Um, part of it is like, how about just a development where we could, if we could figure out how to get the density and that thing clear where it would go through, but just not um, not needing these massive sprawling, huge homes and also yards and those kind of things too. Like, um, workforce housing to me is like, don't want to have to have a yard to maintain 
or you also if you're single and you're like you're at that part where you're just busting your rump at your career putting in those long hours you don't need 1500 square feet you need 440 well let, let me comment on that if i could because the um the economic vitality corporation um did a survey some years ago which actually caused um, the housing collaborative for the city of San Luis to get formed to do the housing summits that, that we've done over the last five or six years. And this is going to take a minute, so are we we good? Why We're, don't we do this? Let's, pre- <laughs> let's just, are you get, I can't see around the monitor. Are yeah, you the, getting fingers preface, for breaks? I'll tell you what we have to do, One listeners. Finger. We have to take yeah. a small time out for our sponsors when we come back. Oh, yeah, it's already the middle Steve of the show. Steve Martini is going to tell you all about what's on his mind. So stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. With trade wars escalating, the market is seeing some serious volatility. Are you nervous? With banks not paying anything on their CDs, where can you put short-term funds for decent growth? Look no further than Century Financial Consultants. We have a new five-year guarantee product paying 3.6%. This product is tax-deferred unlike a traditional CD, and your rates won't change like an indexed annuity. You're guaranteed. Contact Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 324-7914. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
<laughs> I gotta tell you, I do like, just like him, Jason. When I first came on this show, Jim would play ACDC a lot. And full disclosure, they're probably one of my top five favorite bands. Yeah. Oh? Like, I could be in any mood, any of the moods on the spectrum, and ACDC comes on, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's one either. of the bands I haven't seen, too. I, haven't I seen love ACDC, but I've never seen them. Well, they went through a couple different singers. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's they, surprising they to me. Always had the little guy that runs yeah. around on stage. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guitarist. Um, before the break, Steve was about to roll into a very, um, you know, shall I say, educated response to Jason's square footage and workforce housing. Um, housing. 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 And be- and be- and then we Wait. went to the break, and then we started talking about a bunch of stuff. But Steve, do you remember what you were going to say? I sort of do, but okay. at my age, sometimes it's a you know you have to reach way back. Um, right. So, um, yeah, the, the the square footage thing. Um, the Economic Vitality Corporation did a survey some years ago, um, and they actually got about um, um, oh, I don't know six hundred responses, and they were from em- employee employers, and. The, the the thing that came out was most people that answered the survey about housing still wanted a 1,500-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bath home, double-car garage, and a yard, okay? <laughs> no, so, but here's what. This okay. is real, though. The, the, but that, okay. So what, what what's kind of happened from that, and, and again, I'm going to, you know, the developments that are taking place, uh, as, again, especially Avila and San Luis Ranch, certainly bring in the smaller home, smaller square footage, no yard, balcony sort of concepts, okay? Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are hitting that mark, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe San Luis Ranch has some of the rental product that goes down to 200 square feet or something. So, you know, it's out there, it's recognized, and, and, and people are trying to create that housing. Um, in real estate, I still see a majority of people that do want, you know, 1,500 feet or some kind of square footage um, I three guess, bedroom, two bath, yeah. small, you know, I, I'm going to Sarah, Vista, Sarah Meadows. I think they hit the mark well on the lot sizes. Okay. Not, not 6,000, 7,500 square foot lots for all of them. Um, nice house, a little mm-hmm. bit larger square footage, but, um, yeah, you know, but, I but guess what I'm things, saying so, too, though, is that not that everybody wants no, that, but for that to be like, you should have access to any one of those things. Like if you if you do say, well, you know, I don't need all that space and I don't want it. I don't even have that kind of possessions. I'm not that guy. Give me the 800 square foot one. Let me save the hundred grand or whatever yeah. it is. Um, it's coming. Just to have access yep. to all that, yeah. right? It's, yeah. And it's it's coming. Okay. Hey, we got a caller here from San Luis Obispo. Jim, thanks for calling into Mortgage Matters. How are you today? Good, good. How are you guys? I, I love listening to your show. And, and Steve, I don't know if I've met you before, but Charlie and Evelyn were good friends of mine, So, uh, well, which I believe are your parents. They are. Are you younger than 63? I'm 51. Graduated uh, San Luis Obispo High School. Wow. Then we, we probably have met. I'm just going to say we've met, and welcome back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love, I love Charlie and Evelyn. Thank you I very much. I, I appreciate that. On Mustang Boosters with them. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you do go back. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Fiesta? Yeah, the board. Yeah, La Fiesta, the board of the Mustang Boosters and all that stuff and fundraising and all that stuff. Very and, good. Uh, well, thank you for thank uh, you for that. Well, it, you just my respects to your parents. Um, and both of them, I would imagine, are probably not with us anymore. No, my mom is. She's up in Atascadero. 
love Greatest her. Greatest city in the she's county. The, she's, she's the lady. She's the lady. Um, so anyway, as far as um, uh, uh, workforce housing or low-income housing or affordable housing and all that stuff, uh, I was on the board of the Nepomo Advisory Council for years. And the thing is, with San Luis Obispo, it's, not, it's just not going to work here, Steve. Uh, I'm not complaining to you. Uh, I'm saying because of the price and the value of real estate. And the thing is, is uh, in the Pomo, we kept having uh, low-income or workforce housing forced down our necks because it was a requirement by the state to get county funds, and we were the county. As being part of the city, there is no requirement. So that yes. is my comment, that... Uh, you know, if you're part of the county to get to get uh, state funds, then they we we kept fighting that. Why are they putting all this stuff in the Pomo? Why are they putting all this stuff down in Oceana? Why are they putting all this stuff? Because if you're a city, you're not required to do anything, and uh, the developers are not as such are not required to do anything. Um, how can I answer this? Um, it, a lot of the workforce, I'm going to say a lot of the affordable housing went to areas that maybe were not also an incorporated city. Um, there, the, the land costs were much less. It was affordable for people to do it. No, but it was, but it was required. The thing is, is, is for the county to get funding, Yes, it was required to put in so many units. Yes, well, San Luis is the same way. Required. San Luis has a has a um, affordable housing requirement as well. Yeah, this goes back to the bigger general plan, right? You have to have a general plan that has an affordable housing yeah, element but, to it, and then in order. But, but San Luis San Luis Obispo is not. But it, to get state funding, San Luis Obispo is not required to put in units. They can do what they want. What they're doing is what they want to do, not what they're required to do. The county to receive funding is required to put in so many units. But you're talking about. I'm so, telling you. You're talking about the difference between slow county, so slow county yeah. and slow city. So you're saying as long yeah, as slow yeah. city is not being required to, yeah, but yes, for for state funding, for state funding, San Luis Obispo County is absolutely as a statute the required fair share. by the state to put in what, to put in so many units. What state funding? I, what's that? What what is state funding? Well, whatever money's whatever money's come back to the county, they're required as far as as far as growth and this and that, as far as receiving money for, uh, say, Cal Fire and, and the sheriff's department and this and that and whatever. And, oh, I, I'm sorry, you know, I see what you're saying. I got you. Yeah, no, it, it's part of the, yeah, it's part of the part of the funding for the county. So okay. the city is completely different. The city can do whatever they mandate to do. Okay. But but the county is required. That's why we had so many so much development down there in the Pomo that was um, all uh, low income housing and this and that and you know um, uh, Habitat for Humanity. Heck, they there's a couple projects down there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to build a Habitat for Humanity in San Luis. No one's going to allow it. Mm. Well, there there are Habitat in San Luis. There's one in Rock. No. No, 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 not, no, not, Steve. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect. No, I understand. No problem. Not, not, not complete developments. Oh. Okay. There's, there's oh, lots I'm of sorry. I got you. We helped build you one of the like houses. I'm sorry. Like I got you. Ranch. Yeah. Like yeah, ranch. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they, and they lottery, oh, uh, four people here, it's your lucky day. 
you get a discount on your house in the Obispo uh, on Duvall's place over there off of Los Osos Valley Road. But then everyone else pays full. I got you. Yes. You, yeah. I'm talking about full communities. I got you. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, what no, I was talking no about is very piecemeal. No, no. Talking it, about my and that's, yeah. I think, and Jim, I think that's really where this, mm-hmm. this workforce housing um, model or these developments kind of feels the middle a bit, you know, no pun intended by saying middle, but yeah. it, it's, you said it's impossible. You said it can't happen. Uh, we're talking about some reasons why, but these workforce housing developments are a, a nice, you know, on the contrary, because if we can get the house to be a reasonable size, we can let the families go out front and play in the park that's, you know, for their sub. Yeah, well, their, you know, pocket parks. I, park, yeah. Pocket parks are a great idea. Yeah. And um, if we can give them a nice bike path on, to the city. When I was and, on the on the planning council in the Pomo, um, one of the things, a lot of the developments and stuff had to have drainage basins. Mm-hmm. And I used to fight against that. I'd say, well, if we're going to have a drainage basin, why don't we grass it? Yep. Why don't we make it like Manami Field in Santa Maria so that it's a drainage basin, but it's a grassy field that when it's not raining, the kids can play in it. Yeah, you get, you get nine there, months of playing time there mm-hmm. you exactly, know, with, with it. Exactly. Yeah. And then <clears> and then instead of having just a cyclone fence around it and making it an ugly wraparound, and their argument was, um, who's going to uh, hold the insurance liability against it? Who's going to care for it? Sure. And the county, and the county wouldn't do it. Well, Jim, I really appreciate you listening to Mortgage Matters and calling in. We're going to hop back to the show, and, and we hope you have a nice weekend. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I love, I love your show. And I wasn't trying to stir things up. I'm just trying to give my side. Hey, of this is radio. Yeah, yeah this thank is what you. Yeah, all th- about. yeah, man, I'm, I'm all into the stir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at you, Mr. Popular. Yeah. Everyone, even the callers know you. Um, we would... One for one. <laughs> when, I was, when I was in Cal Poly, I was, as Jim was talking, I was struggling to remember this, but um, some of the details were in terms of, you know, that, that fair share of growth type of thing, all those elements of the housing element, part of the general plan, and how some of the money coming from the state back to the counties could be held hostage if you didn't have an approved housing element that didn't address the the standard things that were needed to be in right. there yeah. and how slow city was and slow county was you know operating below their required fair share and you know threatened to lose whatever amount of money it was i don't remember at the time but it was like this big kind of whole thing that nobody really wanted to talk too much about because opening the gates of growth and just, well, we'll take it all and put it anywhere and move it all around. Um, nobody wants that, right? I was just going to say, you're going to go through one of those habitat communities or whatever where you're going to f- find the land, build the thing, get it all in there. Wait to be greeted by all the NIMBYs that don't want that thing going in town, you know, and then they'll cite things about water and circulation and police and fire as they really just want to oppose you. Well, uh, and part of that is, uh, you know, the discussion over the the arena numbers are always an interesting thing. San Luis is doing fine on theirs. It's a regional housing needs assessment um, by the state, and they can cut off funds if you don't reach, you know, have you – acquire your uh, arena numbers. Um, so again, another way to kind of um, 
harness the city. I was kind of curious just to ask you, and it's probably a stupid question, but I love stupid questions. So here we go. Here we go. There's a lot of development online right now, and, yes. and obviously some of it hasn't broke ground yet or is it still in those planning phases. Um, so economically, if things changed enough to where they maybe decided the project was needed to be backburnered or something. But anyhow, there's a lot of housing online. We can see it around. Um, at the same time, we got that kind of coupled up with the Diablo closure that we're looking at. Um do you anticipate, is there any concern whatsoever that we're going to have to upset the supply and demand balance with the glut of well, new and resales that possibly come? Well, um, I have a crystal ball, but it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would tell you, I don't hear a lot in the real estate community be a, about concern. Okay, where where it's focusing and where people are actively trying to make sense of the whole thing would be the Economic Vitality Corporation, the Chambers of Commerces in the different cities. Um, So I I think that's where the discussion lies right now. Um, You know, Senator Monning and and Assemblyman Cunningham have made um, the first hurdle about reintroducing the $85 million dollars. Um, that was offered by um, PG&E to come back th- legislatively. And um, I think that that's what will help kind of offset some of some of the loss. Um, I, I do understand that Diablo is one of the employers that I think that I've heard their average what income uh, was somewhere around 150000 a year. Mm. And so that is a huge head of household drop. Um, a lot of people are in could be in a retirement mode by then. Um, and I think that worked for the employer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I'm not sure. I don't know that the hit is going to be as extreme as when the, like when it came out, the Diablo's closing. Um, I do think there should be concern. Um, but you have to understand this is part of this whole kind of concept that people have with the, with the housing developments. And yes, we've, we've had a number of housing developments approved, but, uh, and in fact, I was at a, at the poly baseball game last night and talking to a gentleman, and he said, "All this housing coming online." And I said, "Yeah, but it's a ten to fifteen year build out." Okay, right. a developer puts out forty homes in a development that has four hundred. Look how long Trilogy's been going with Shea. Yeah, I you, mean, there's okay, still building so phases. You, there's this concept that it's all going to hit, and you know, once it starts, we're going to have you know five hundred homes to sell in. You know, they all, all, come, yeah, all these doors open at once, and it's not that way. So my point is, it's a gradual release of homes. It's a gradual decline in these job opportunities. There's a number of people that stay for the closure and years after. There's buyout. There, you know. So yeah, I think, and it's not all in San Luis. You know, a lot of these people live all over the county that work for Diablo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. it's not just just not San Luis centric either. You know, it, it, it's a countywide absorption mm-hmm. of the problem. So right. quite honestly, if, if homes came on the market and, and, and prices decreased a little bit, I, for one, am, you know. Okay with that. I, I, I am. I mean, yeah. you know, inventory is inventory, right? Bite your lip. Inventory is inventory. Declining home values? You're all <laughs> for that? I don't think that's what he said. I think what he said is, no, it is know, inventory I, is inventory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean a 2009, 10, or 11, but I just, you know, I mean, leveling, maybe that's what you should say. I mean, 
You know, when I sure. when I first flattening started in, is another popular word. Well, when I started in, in real estate in 1978, um, you, you know, housing was kind of still for shelter. Okay, I mean, it was for family. Uh, when you when you closed an escrow, you actually, well, first of all, you actually presented an offer, you know, to a, to a, as a selling agent to the seller and sat down and at the dining room table and went over and everybody got to know who your buyer was and. Then the other thing that would happen is when you close the escrow, you know, you actually met the family at the front door. You opened the door. The kids ran down the hallway choosing their bedrooms. It was mm. uh, – what was that uh, show that I grew up with where it was all Nirvana, housing Nirvana. Everybody was happy and mm-hmm. prices. You know, my dad sold Southwood Street and Tanglewood. Leave it and, to be – it sounds like – I'm picturing yes, leave it to beaver. It's kind of like that, yeah. And anyway, so, you know, and those homes were, you know – how come? How come your 000? stories are in black and white for me? I don't know. <laughs> He's at the dining room table, and <laughs> it's, the di- it's pretty <laughs> monochromatic at the dining room table. It is. And you know, and my typewriter actually does have one of those correct ribbons on it, so I did move up a bit. Yes, you did. <laughs> anyway, so you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into that's how it still feels. Though. That's future. how it still feels to the first time home buyer, yeah. you know, but they go through all this stress, rigmarole and everything <sighs> to get there. But I've gotten videos. I mean, they're heartwarming. Yes. You know, Hey, we just look at us getting in our house, you know, yeah. you get them still, but you're right. I mean, maybe it's technology. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, the housing market is what it is with today. Yes. But I think that we, we, you, Jason, myself, I go to work I get up at six in the morning because I'm like, I got to get these people this financing. You know, I'm not thinking like, sure, I make a good living for myself, but I do it because it's housing. It makes such a big Mm -hmm. impact. I was an insurance advisor for a long time. Not a big impact. Yeah. If I wasn't. Most people are like, I like you, but if we ever have to use this policy, that's going to be horrible. If I wasn't in the loan (laughs) business, I think I'd probably be in the mortuary business. Um or okay. maybe the tax business. But yeah, just one of those things everybody has to deal with. And it's a it's just a necessity, like it or not. Yeah. The the you know, dealing with your shelter is a big deal. I think this is why people get so charged up about it. Steve hundred percent. It's we when we were just talking to uh who was that? Jim. Jim, Jim from St. Louis. Jim yeah. from Slow. I should remember that. We have a Jim. Um I feel like he's been around the game a long time with a lot of experience as mm-hmm. well, yes. and he sounds a little bit jaded about it. Um, is it hard for you to remain optimistic and continuing to like fight this good fight? Uh, no, the the not for me personally. The, the the probably the most interesting part about all of this is the amount of people that I speak to or meet or get involved with. Um, that really want to see the change. They know the change. They talk the change. And um, I can tell you firsthand uh, many, 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 many times <laughs> I'm one of two or three people at a planning commission or city council meeting uh, promoting or advocating for housing. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just brought up the NIMBY word. They're, NIMBY people are, are well, well, well organized. Uh, they'll show up. It'll be, you know, 40 to 3. Um, and, and the three are usually someone from the EVC, me, Chamber of Commerce, a couple of other people, mm-hmm. okay, that uh, people looking for, for housing, mm-hmm. you know, they tend to show up once in a while too to advocate for the housing. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm seeing huge gains on the yes in my backyard side 
and I don't know that I want to call it yes in my backyard as much as just advocating for housing kind of. Well, you in see, in dwell general. forward now too. Well, dwell forward, dwell and forward. then yeah, when a, and and um, there's a gentleman, a realtor. His name is um, Graham Uptegrove. Sure. And he has he's he's part of a group. Um, sorry if I'm exposing sure. you, Graham, but. Um, yeah. Graham's in Seattle right now. I think. Is he? Okay. Maybe he's back. Well, he, he, you know, they have, I, I've not seen it, but they have something called Slow Scoop. Mm. Okay. And it's, it's a housing advocate sort of group, you know, not really putting themselves out, but, you know, letting people know about housing and other issues in and around uh, San Luis Obispo. Dwell Forward started out very well. They're kind of falling off a little bit, um, but I can tell you it was, I think, part of the efforts of Dwell Forward that helped uh, Lauren Real. Uh, through the process at 22 Choro Street. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I see Slow Scoop. It's on Facebook. Do you know what yeah. Facebook is? No. It's just like social media site. Oh. It really lacks privacy, though. Really? So you probably wouldn't like it. No. You don't uh, want that online. I used to call it Bookface, and then people correct me. I thought it was me. Headbook. Or... Yeah. Book, <laughs> book Ahead. My Face. No, Mine, that's, that's a travel site. My oh. Face is... <laughs> Are they discounted? Yeah, sure. <laughs> they cut the travel agent out. So anyway, so, you know, there, there, there's people getting behind the housing movement, which is, for me, it, it's really nice. And, um, you know, I recruit a few people once in a while to go to a meeting. And, and uh, you know, and Graham is one of the people that shows up. Lisa Combs from our office, Abby Woodward from our office will show up mm-hmm. for, for, for advocation, for, for, for housing. Um, and it's nice once in a while to have, have someone there that um, is an ally. You know, but it's happening, and I could, and quite honestly, I, I would go with you because it, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. But um, I, but you don't. I'm just busy. Oh, you, okay. I'll go. Okay. I have two labradoodles. Really? Can they come? Yeah. Okay. Calm comfort animals. I'm just yeah. So they you can go just put anywhere. a little vest on them. Whatever. I was thinking about getting a comfort parrot just so it. Would Let me ask you this though, because I want to tell you that um, I'd like to help. I, I really would. I don't have to help all the time, though, right? I could help like some of the time or most of the time. Well, am I do I have to all, be all in or all out? No, you don't have to be all in or all out. So it goes from I don't want to help you all the time to the part of the time or some of the time. So it usually ends up some of the time. I do want to help, though. I, I profound. Thank you. I do, <laughs> I do know though. Um, or none, you know, none of the time. Actually, yeah. back in my Always planning years, one of the jobs I had, I worked at, at Caltrans in environmental planning. Oh, God. And one of the big projects we had at the time was some of the widening of Montecito. Oh. And um, you'd be amazed at the people that showed up there. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Going to wreck our whole city trying yeah. to. If you make the freeway wider so that people can go home and stuff, then just more people are going to come. See, this, the traffic jam is deterrent, and we want the traffic jam. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But, but, well, we passed on state water once for sort of those reasons that yeah. water is going to allow development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, and, and the pipeline's on that hill right there that you can look at. Yeah. Just to let you know. For those that are on, can't see us in the radio, um, I don't know where. We're on Sacramento Street somewhere. Uh-huh. Looking, yep. looking at hillsides. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful view. <laughs> Um, we only have five minutes left for the show, Steve. Oh you've God. done such a great job helping well, us with this topic. I want to give you some opportunity to talk about you, uh, well, maybe listings, et cetera, whatever yeah, you'd like. You, okay. Oh, well, um, you know, Lisa Combs and I happen to have the most expensive listing in the city of San Luis Obispo right now. It's $3.2 million. It's a house on, on uh, Miracielo that's on eight acres. It, it's, it's 
quite an opportunity. It's, a, it's about a 5,000-square-foot house, one-bedroom guest house, pool, tennis courts, cabana. Man, two, who owns two this place? I, Is it like a rapper? No, but he might be an old musician. No, I'm kidding. Um, two-hole two hole golf course with okay. a nine-hole putting surface on each hole. And Anyway, it's kind of interesting. I don't well, feel I'll like I could afford now. to maintain the golf component of this property, so I'm out. Okay. But what I wanted to – actually, here's what I wanted to do. When, when Mr. Points Points – Ponce uh, contacted me. He said, you know, we're probably and, – and we haven't done any of this, but we probably would like to know what's kind of going on in the city because I yeah. keep my, my finger on the pulse. So yeah. here's what I'm going to do. Um, here's what I wrote down after he said that. Uh, the city of San Luis Obispo Tuesday night at the city council meeting will be deciding on the new cannabis ordinance. So if you want information, go to slowcity.org. Look up the city council agenda and the staff report. If you want to know what's all going down about that, I've been to almost every hearing. We just finished the housing summit uh, in the city of San Luis Obispo. Had a little over 300 people there again. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really good summit. Um, it's always uh, sponsor lead sponsor has always been the California Association of Realtors, so I always thank them for that. Uh, we were going to I mentioned Dwell Forward, um, uh, Slow Scoop. Uh, Mixed-use development is what's happening in San Luis. Um, there is a zoning code update that's been going on almost a year. It'll be coming to the end of it, and the zoning code update is phenomenal. The city hasn't done one for somewhere around 15 or 20 years, and I think they've really taken into consideration a lot of the problems in zoning codes. Uh, we've had the accessory dwelling unit situation, which is ongoing. Um, and, you know, downtown, uh, if you include the the the... the Location next to our office on Marsh, there's 11 developments downtown, motels, apartments, commercial, parking is an issue. Anyway, there's a lot going on in our town, you know, mm-hmm. taking the downtown up Monterey Street and trying to create more downtown in that area. Tremendous amount of stuff going on in this town right now. And, um, you know, you can get involved or not, but uh, at least have some knowledge. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to be able to be here. Um, I'll come back anytime. If anybody uh, wants me. I saw, I forget, online or on the news, I saw that Cal Poly was hosting a a cannabis forum, too. That's not the same thing as the city council one, obviously. What's the, no, city council is the ordinance allowing cannabis and where it's going to be allowed, what type. You know, there's going to be three storefronts, as far as I'm aware, unless they change Those meetings have kind of... Got to be pretty entertaining, You know, the interesting part, and I'll do this, the interesting part about this is this is a new industry for the city of San Luis Obispo and many other areas, and and they've likened it to coming out of prohibition where they get to make all their own rules, Mm -hmm. okay? Very interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. And I got to tell you, they've listened. I think they've taken this process uh, uh, open-mindedly. The speakers that they've had at the meetings, I think, have educated the city uh, staff and, and, and council and planning commission. I think it's been a I think it's been a good process, uh, and I've enjoyed going to it. But there's a lot to it, yeah. And I think the the the, the part that comes out the most is the need for education. Sure, you know, for kids and what have you. Steve Del Martini, thank you for coming on the show today. I, every time, I mean, every time I talk to you, let alone have you on the show, I just feel like you should be a regular part of this. I mean, we should be able to give you like a couple minutes at the end of every show to call and do that, to give you a little update. You want to be busy every Saturday for life? I am. I'm a real estate broker. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) By choice. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on today. (laughs) Um, Guys, if you want to get a hold of Steve, 
uh, for any reason. Steve, how do we get a hold of you? Um, you can just call me at uh, 805-801-5165. That's a cellular phone number. Perfect, Not- which means it's wireless. He has it everywhere. <laughs> if you guys want to uh, get help with anything loan-related, call us this week at the company number. It's 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Mike, Steve, thanks. Listeners, thanks. Next week's going to be a rerun. So if you're planning a vacation, it's a good week to do it. We'll be back, I guess it's May 12th, with our next live episode. So thanks for being with us, everyone. Have a great week.